Hey, what's up, guys? It's Aiden coming to you from Birds vs. Boys before the show starts. It's the first week where we changed up our game day reaction shows. You're going to be getting a twofer, one from me and one from Kevin. We'll each be breaking down our games. We'll be trying to get these out on YouTube immediately after the games happen and pretty soon, um, depending on, on when they play. But the best way to find out about it, subscribe. Subscribe to the YouTube, subscribe on, on Apple Podcasts, subscribe anywhere you can. That way you'll find about out about them as soon as they go live. Again, we'll be trying to get those out quick. The audio will be one big show. So Kevin is on Sunday Night Football this week, so maybe not this week. But going forward, again, best way to find out, just hit subscribe. Chris Hansen here, and I'm going to need you all to take a seat right over there and check out Birds vs. Boys. I think you're completely right here, and I hate it. Idiots, stop doing dumb things. I got two phones. Upside alert, upside alert. I might go insane. I think you're already there. There's no hope. Hope is gone. If this was an AFC North podcast, we'd be done in 15 minutes. Bob Hope. I'm going to drink bleach. Be the team you promised me you were going to be this year! This is the Consciously Hopeful Podcast. I'll be watching. What's going on, everybody? Aiden from Birds vs. Boys Podcast here. Game day reaction show. If you missed our announcement this week, we're splitting it up. I'm doing my own for the Eagles. Kevin is doing his own for the Cowboys going forward. That way, depending on your team, you can choose if you're watching on YouTube. It'll be one big audio version on apple podcasts but i figured let's knock mine out early one o'clock game against the lions and wow was that the same team that we saw last week i think this will be a little bit more cheery than the game day reaction show i did last week where the raiders kind of had their way and did anything they want against the eagles and then the roles reversed this week the eagles kind of were able to do whatever they wanted against the lions 44 to 6 final score not the most famous 44-6 game in Eagles history, but I will take it. You can make the argument that losing games at this point is probably better for the team. And yeah, you might be right. But sometimes it's just fun to get a win and just completely dominate in the process. Have your starters out by the fourth quarter and just watch that clock trickle down. The Lions. On the show this week, we questioned whether if they were the best, worst team of all time. They've played a few close games. They lost on a miraculous field goal against the Ravens on an NFL record for field goals. Uh, they lost another game winner against the Vikings. No, they might just be bad because that was one of the single worst performances I've ever seen against a team that I root for. Uh, I wish I could take that every week. They just offered little resistance in the run game. They lost the battle in the trenches. There were multiple penalties where you were questioning um, what they were thinking, and they were really questioning what you were thinking at the end of the half instead of kicking the field goal, going for it on fourth down. More on that later, but let's start with the Eagles. So last week, what were our complaints? It was too easy for Derek Carr. He kind of could settle in and make any throw that he wanted to. And then on offense, this has been a problem all year, but too heavy on the passing and just completely abandoning the run game. Well, what did we see today? Commitment to the run game, 236 rushing yards. Very ironic that this happened after <laughs> Miles Sanders gets hurt. You activate Jordan Howard off the practice squad. He's in there getting special teams tackles and also just getting like five yards a clip on the ground. So Boston Scott, um, Jalen Hurts with his legs was impressive too. And Jordan Howard 
just formed the Avengers today. 236 rushing yards on the ground. It was fantastic. And then on defense, aggressiveness. This is what we've been asking for and praying for, really, just because we were the team offering little resistance just a week ago and in weeks past. But this week, blitzed a lot. I believe there were five blitzes early in the first quarter. We had six sacks today, multiple forced fumbles. And even though we didn't recover all of those fumbles, you are stripping the ball, going for the quarterback's arm. The ball is getting on the ground. Even with the backups, you saw when Blau came in for the Lions, we had a few strip sacks. So that was fantastic for me. That's what stuck out is maybe, don't tell your kids this, but bullying works. Think about all the times that we have bullied professional sports teams in Philadelphia. And this time we did it again with the Eagles. We bullied them into running and blitzing and it worked. Now, again, some of that is the opponent has changed and we played clearly an opponent that I don't know where a win is coming from. I feel bad. I do feel bad. I just don't know where a winning uh, a win is coming from for this Lions team after watching them play today. But some of it was hopefully just them improving and them getting better, which is what we talked about at the beginning of the season. Is this Eagles team going to be good? No, hell no. But you want to see growth as the season goes along. There was growth from last week to this week. They played better. They were fundamentally more sound. We got rid of those little mistakes. There were barely any penalties. At one point in the game, it popped up with the graphic, and it said, I believe it was late second quarter, zero penalties for zero yards for the Eagles. Very rare that we've seen that lately. And the big thing to me, the standout stars of today. All right, so we've got Josh Sweat with multiple sacks. Dallas Goddard was your leading receiver with six receptions for 72 yards. Milton Williams got his first sack. Javon Hargrave was applying pressure again. These are the guys that are going to be here long-term. There aren't many because there aren't many talented players on our team. But the guys who are going to be here, the guys that you gave extensions to, like Josh Sweat, and the guys that you're probably going to give extensions to, like Dallas Goddard, they're the ones making plays. At least gives you something to build on going into the future. And that's what I think what stuck out most today is the standout stars are guys you hope are standout stars for two, three, four years down the road when you start to accumulate draft picks and hopefully add talent to this roster. The, the Dolphins lost again today. So the top five pick is there in order. Carson, oh my God, buddy. I, I, I'm sorry. Like, I will root for you to the day you die, but what were you doing? Colts lose again. Some people think that's a good thing. He did play every snap, but I'm starting to get worried. They lost to the Titans, so the Titans own the tiebreaker. I'm starting to get very concerned that they could look up, be four games back or three games back in the division and say, we know he's our quarterback. Why waste our first-round pick? Let's build. So I'm, I'm, I am a little bit worried about that. They've got the Jets this week on Thursday night football. The Jets today, how the hell did they score 30 points? But we'll see going forward. So you've got those three draft picks, hopefully, in the first round. We talked about it last week. Is that enough to fix your team? No, but it does help that there's guys on the team now who you're looking at and you're like, all right, these are bright spots. I think Josh Sweat has just been far and away the team MVP and just the the best story of the season. This is a guy who there were reports he can never be a three-down starter because of a knee injury in high school. That's what caused him to fall down the draft boards uh, and go in the fourth round out of Florida State. I remember before this season started, he commented on an article or a quote from Jeff Mosher and Mosher brought up that story about how uh, the Eagles really like Josh Sweat, but he can never be a, a multi-down three down defensive end. And then he commented and was like, that's just not true. I can do it if need be. And he's come out this year and really proved it. I mean, Derek Barnett is technically still a starter, but you look at Josh Sweat. I mean, he makes 10 times the plays that Derek Barnett has made this year. 
Usually when we hear Barnett's name, it's for a bad reason. Although he had a sack today as well. They completely bullied the Detroit Lions defensive line. They won in the trenches. That's what you love to see from your football team. Because if you're going to grow a bad team, it usually starts in the trenches. You're going to build out. You win up front and build out. So I expect the Eagles to do that as well in the draft this year. So it's good to see that we have some pieces there. Same on the offensive side of the ball. Back to the commitment to the running game. I think there have been points in the past where the Eagles did run the ball this season very few times, but then they get away with it and it gets their offense out of rhythm. There was a specific third and three play that I remember where I think in the past they probably would have passed that one, but today they handed it off to Jordan Howard who gained six on the play. There was a helmet to helmet on that one too, but wasn't called. Who cares? Um, and just really like you knew the you 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 knew the run was coming and the Lions didn't have anything to do about it. I think there were multiple times today where they knew it was a run play and they still couldn't stop it. And this is what we went back to last week where you, people are calling for Jalen Hurts and he's not the guy, whatever. It's really hard to judge a quarterback when they're constantly under duress. But when you're running the ball well and it's second and four instead of second and 12, then you're going to get a better evaluation. It's not like he had a huge game on in the air. He only passed for 107 yards today. But it doesn't matter in, in this game because you ran the ball so well. But this should be something you build on going forward where you're like, all right, we can clearly balance this game if need be. You're never going to have a performance like this again where you go for 236 rushing yards against the team because I doubt you see a defense at a front seven as bad as the Lions going forward. But at least it tells you, yeah, we can run the ball on first down and it makes sense and it'll work and we can put our quarterback in good positions and he doesn't have to roll out to his right side and launch a ball 30 yards down the field because in the past that has been the go-to play for the Eagles. It turns into like backyard football and you're just hoping a receiver makes a play, and usually it's a contested catch or something like that, or you hope he gets his two feet in bounds when Jalen Hurts launches at 25 yards as he's running towards the uh, sideline. Speaking of the sideline, so let's get into the Lions thing because I am happy. I am excited the Eagles won. This was a great day, 44-6, can't complain. No, uh, We'll see about the Jalen Rager thing, but no significant injuries. So you get out of there, get a huge win, go home. Great, fantastic. You got the Chargers coming up, great team. Get back. Let's get focused. But part of this to me is, is this the team growing or are the Lions that bad? And I think there's a balance. The Lions made mistakes today that really questioned just level of focus and everything like that. And I like Dan Campbell. I think he's the perfect coach for Detroit in the situation that they're in where they're not going to be winning a lot and you need a great leader of men who's not going to lose the locker room after a loss like that or after multiple losses strung together for a team that's young and growing. He has that force. He kind of has that um, aura around him where he's got that, that tough mentality, and I think he'll be able to hold them together. But they have so many mental mishaps. And this is coming from an Eagles fan. Like, we, were, we are leading the league in penalties. Like, I know everything about mental mishaps this year. Drops, penalties, everything. That was bad today. I brought up the sideline because there was a play where Jalen Hurts actually runs out of bounds. And this was on first and goal, I believe. And it would have been second and goal back at the 15. And there were penalties on both teams. So, of course, the Lions hold, which you don't want to do. And then there would have been an illegal man downfield. But <laughs> Jalen Hurts, because he stepped out of bounds, it actually worked to our favor. Of course, that just happens against the Lions. 
but there's a hold on the play. If they don't hold there, it's second and goal from the 15-yard line with Hurts stepping out of bounds. And there were just multiple times like that. There was another play later in the game. So they stuffed Jalen Hurts for a loss on the run inside the five-yard line. So it's going to be second and goal. But instead, they have an illegal substitution penalty. And they had multiple illegal substitution penalties today that it's just little things. And I feel like I'm echoing everything I said about the Eagles last week. It's little things. You're not doing little things right. When you don't do little things right, then it turns into big things. Well, all right, you get an illegal substitution penalty. Instead of a negative play that turns into the second and goal, it's first and goal, and you're at the two-yard line, and then the Eagles run the ball in with Boston Scott to play later. Little things turn to big things. The Lions, wow. Many little things. They uh, had a 35-yard gain, but then had an illegal formation. Bring it back. That would have been their longest play of the day. This was after the game was already settled, but they force the field goal and then jump over the line of scrimmage, which everyone knows this rule at this point, right? We all know this. You can't jump over. They don't want you to fall and break your neck as you leap over. It's a 15-yard penalty, all right? I thought everybody knew this. I, You would think that players in the locker room on an NFL roster would know this since all of us sitting at home watching seven hours of commercial-free football know it too. But apparently the Lions did not, so you extend the Eagles' drive. And in a close game, that would kill you. Luckily, the game was put away, but again, Little things turn to big things. You force the, the fourth down. You force the field goal. Instead, you give them 15 free yards and extend their drive. And then lastly with the Lions, I know that there is a lack of talent. I know. It's rough. And, you know, they're going to have the – I just don't know where the win comes from. And as much as I'm in love with Kayvon Thibodeau and want that first overall pick, I, I just don't see how the Lions don't get that first overall pick considering how things are going and just that performance there today. We'll see if they take a quarterback or what, but I, you got to worry a little bit about like this coaching staff with Dan Campbell, where situational awareness just seems to be bad. We, they were making fun of a um, part of my take where they kind of had like a sad punt a few weeks ago where they were down by a lot. But if you don't punt there, like you, you kind of turn that into something. And at the end of the half today, so it's third down and they run it on third down with less than 30 seconds in the half. They come up short, but that's not even the main concern. You should be throwing in that position to begin with. And then you have one timeout left. You go for it on fourth down and you get stuffed. But even if you went for it and got it, you ran the ball and it would have been a running clock. You'd have to burn your last timeout. Then you had to kick the field goal anyway. You could have just took the points right there. None of that made sense. It was complete botch of clock management, situational awareness that it didn't matter. They it just didn't make any sense at all. And you're just left at home, just like laughing at what happened. Cause you're like, did they just do what I think they did? Situational awareness. So for the Eagles, again, great day. Defense played well. Um, shout out to Darius Slay and Avante Maddox. I feel like we all knew uh, a big Darius Slay play was coming, coming back to Detroit. I did not know that Avante Maddox was there. So they team up for one. Avante Maddox with the strip sack, or I'm sorry, the strip of the wide receiver. Darius Slay takes it in. I love that. I wish every cornerback would go in there, like they're Floyd Mayweather, and land a punch on that football anytime someone's carrying it like that. I, it's just like, what do you have to lose? Unless you're TJ Watt and you actually punch the guy in the face instead of the ball. But how often does that happen? If you have multiple guys wrapping a guy up, go in there and take a punch. Go in there and try to strip it out. Fantastic use by them today. They were all over the field, it seemed. It seemed like they were faster. And I know they switched up the linebackers today. So it was a lot more TJ Edwards who played well. And even Singleton was on the, on the field a, a ton. Eric Wilson was a healthy scratch. 
Some people think that's because he's going to get traded. Who's trading for him? Let's just, who wants that? I just think it was, we got to see what these other linebackers have. So uh, TJ and TJ Edwards actually played well. It was fantastic. He actually got good linebacker play in a position that you haven't invested in. We've been struggling with this. So they look faster. They got after the quarterback and blitzing. Again, we talked about it. Five blitzes in the first half, which is more than they had, or first quarter, I'm sorry, which is more than they had last week. Swarming, blitzing, aggressiveness. That's what we want to see going forward. That's what you're going to have to have next week. Justin Herbert is a phenomenal quarterback, so we're going to need to see that. On offense, balance. Again, so Boston Scott, Jordan Howard, don't really know how Kenny Gainwell ended up doing garbage time. Uh, It's got to piss off a lot of fantasy owners. Me, a Jalen Hurts fantasy owner unbiased opinion but i didn't think jalen hurts or, or jalen regger's knee was down and thought he extended and got there that was a little pop pass that would have got me five points in the fantasy world but what are you going to do but balance going forward trusting jordan howard and boston scott on early downs so that you can trust your quarterback and we want to see these guys who are going to be here for the long term the season is pretty much a wash i know you won today but you're three and five and honestly the cowboys are just better than you are and you're not competing in the wild card at all like it's not a, a question so what do you have going forward so keep going to dallas goddard i thought there were multiple times today where they ran the same play to him which is fine if it works keep going back to it because the offensive line protected well jalen Hurts didn't bail out to his right he stood in hit dallas goddard more of that going forward so build on today this is the word of the season this is the theme of the season growth continue to grow each week because although you might not be competing this year, you will have opportunities in the years to come to compete if you hit on your draft picks. So you want to see the guys who will be there for that grow this year. So far, it looks like you are. Dallas Goddard's been playing well. Josh Sweat, Milton Williams, Javon Hargraves, guys that you've given contracts to. Darius Slay will be here as well, even though he's a veteran. It, that's what you want to see. So all in all, just a, a fantastic day. Um, Lions fans, I don't know how you do it. I don't know where the win is coming from. It was dead in that stadium today. I don't blame you, but good job by the Eagles not to lose focus. There was not a single positive headline about you this week, rightfully so, but not a single positive word about you. Everybody was picking the Lions, and you came in and just absolutely dominated and emasculated that team. So fantastic job by you, but let's grow on it. Let's grow on it. You're home next week against the Chargers. That's a great test. You have some winnable games coming up. You have the the Broncos coming up. And albeit on the road, I think that's still a winnable game. So let's build. Let's grow. Let's continue doing this. 44-6. Can't beat that. Starters out by the fourth quarter. Let's lay our legs up and watch red zone. Can't beat that. I felt like I was watching the 2007 Patriots where they would just dominate a team, score 40, and then you're like, all right, what's next? And that's where we're at for the Eagles. Great day. What's next? What's going on, everybody? KMS here for the Birds vs. Boys Week 8 Dallas Cowboys recap. The Dallas Cowboys head on the road to Minnesota and beat the Vikings in primetime 20-16, to 16, led by who other than Cooper Rush, the best backup quarterback in the NFL. Never in doubt, was never nervous. Cooper Rush... Knew he was going to start this game all week. I knew he was going to start this game all week. Vegas knew he was going to start this game all week. Smart people knew he was going to start this game all week. 
The Cowboys were always going to test Dak Prescott till the end to make sure 100% that he could not start this game. But Vegas told us earlier in the week that Cooper Rush was going to start this game. And that's when it was a two and a half point favorite the Dallas Cowboys were. And in one day it switched to the Vikings being a two and a half point favorite, then bumping up to the Vikings being a three point favorite. And then ultimately the Vikings being a four, four and a half point favorite at kickoff. Once it was announced that Cooper rush was starting, but smart people like myself knew that Cooper rush was going to start this game. Maybe even going back to the end of the Patriots game when he actually hurt the calf calf injuries are strange. Calf injuries don't heal. Well, you even heard it on the broadcast on Sunday night football, they said this is really a four-week injury, right? Michael Gallup hurt his calf week one against the Buccaneers, and we're in week eight. Cowboys finished week eight. He has still not stepped back on the field. Yes, I know. He's a wide receiver. He's not a quarterback. It's a much different injury in terms of sprinting down the field, jumping to catch the ball. It's, it's much different. However, the injury to Dak, one, is his plant leg, and two, is his surgically repaired leg. So this team, this medical staff, is going to do all they can and all they have to do to protect him. And usually you have to protect the player from themselves. But in this case, it's a little bit different. Now, I'm not saying Dak doesn't want to be out there. Dak would have given anything to be out there last night. He always wants to be out there with his team. However, he's the one who brought the attention to his shoulder to the training staff and the coaching staff during training camp. And he's also the one that talked to them all week about the severity of the pain. I think Dak knows what's best for him and what's best for the team now and moving forward. And I commend him for that. He had all the faith in the world in Cooper Rush because of the team that the Dallas Cowboys have the team that they could put around Cooper Rush. So let's let's dive into into the game itself. So, like I said, I, I had all expectations that Cooper Rush was going to start this game earlier in the week, and then and the closer and closer we got, it just I mean everything was pointing towards Cooper Rush was starting. Even the video that came out uh, pregame where Mike McCarthy was there with Brett Brown, the trainer, and Dak and. You know, they were talking and then McCarthy kind of patted Dak on the back and it, it, it just looked like that was one of those pats like, you know, we'll get we'll get you back out there as soon as we can. It's just not happening tonight, big fella. So I fully went into this game with no expectations. And I'm being dead serious with you. This was actually probably the most relaxing game of the season that I've watched because I don't want to say I, I booked Five and two. I had faith in this team because I have faith in the team. Couldn't say I had full faith in Cooper Rush because he's thrown three passes in his career leading up to the Sunday night game. I didn't know what to expect. We've seen him in preseason. He was on the practice squad. Cut by the team. Went to the Giants. Went to his guy, Jason Garrett. And his guy. Jason Garrett let him go. And then he came back. All indications during the preseason, during training camp, showed that Garrett Gilbert was miles ahead of him and Ben DiNucci 
But then Gilbert had that fumble in the preseason. Cooper played okay and then came down to cut day, and it was Cooper Rush, quarterback till. Okay. Do I think they should have went into this season with Cooper Rush as their backup quarterback? No. Do I still think they should get another quarterback? Possibly. Cam Newton sitting out there on the free agent market. You could get him for a league minimum. Who knows what you could get, what you would have to give to get Andy Dalton from the Bears. Probably not a lot. But so I went into this game with no expectations. Then the game started. And, you know, Cooper Rush was, he was okay, right? He didn't look great, but he didn't look inept. They drove down the field to try and tie the game after the Vikings scored on the opening possession. They, Cooper drove them down the field. And then Greg Zerline missed the field. I'm like, here we go again. This is, this is going to be like week one all over again. And then he drove them down the field again. Threw a very, very bad interception. An interception that Dak Prescott would not have thrown because, like they said on the broadcast, he would have seen the two high safeties and checked out of it. That would have been a, a very beautiful run for, I forget if um, Pollard or Zeke was in the backfield. I think it was Zeke. Uh, because there, there was no room for the running game all night. But in that particular play, there would have been room for the running game. But he threw it down the middle. He forced it to Jarwin. It hit both safeties' hands. Yes, both safeties' hands. And then the ex-Cowboy Xavier Woods comes away with the interception. Um, and then drove him down the field, hit the field goal. And going into the half at 10-3, I was okay. I was like, you know what? It doesn't look like the Vikings are going to be able to hang 30 on the Cowboys tonight. And we're only down a touchdown getting the ball back to start the second half. I was completely fine at 10-3 at half. Defense was balling out. Everybody really but Trayvon Diggs, but we'll get to that in a little bit. I'm going to focus on the offense first, and then and then we'll talk about uh, defense and maybe even touch a little bit on special teams because, uh, yeah, special teams let us down a little bit again on Sunday night. So 10-3, half. I'm okay. I'm happy. And then, bang, Cowboys get the ball back. Start the second half. What happens? My guy, Cedric Wilson. I don't know if anybody else has stepped up in a position like Cedric Wilson. Ah, Maybe Terrence Steele. Terrence Steele stepped in, obviously, for Lyle Collins getting suspended and has played unbelievably. Well, maybe I shouldn't use the word unbelievably. Played very well, admirably. They've, they always have to help him, but he hasn't gotten them killed. He hasn't Chaz Greened the Dallas Cowboys yet. If you're a Cowboys fan, you know that reference. So, but Cedric Wilson has been unbelievable filling in for Michael Gallup. And I think to the point where it's going to be a question next season, they try and sign Cedric Wilson back, let Gallup go. Do they sign Gallup, let Amari Cooper go? There's going to be a lot of working parts heading into the next season, but we need to focus on the here and now, focus on this actual real life Super Bowl contender that the Dallas Cowboys have this season. So bang, 73 yard touchdown to Cedric Wilson. And we are 10-10. Dallas Cowboys are fully in this game. 
And the defense. The defense. The defense of this Dallas Cowboys team. Just time and time and time again. After the first drive, when Kirk Cousins went right down the field, touchdown to Adam Thielen, which is what Kirk Cousins is known for, right? Starting on a game, looking pretty good, and then he just disappears, which is what happened Sunday night. Because that Dallas Cowboys defense was all around Kirk Cousins and not letting Jefferson and Thielen beat them. And I loved how Dan Quinn and this defense adjusted, right? In the beginning of the game, you saw they were they were attacking. They were going to attack with a five-man front. And then the way that the Vikings offense was keeping in, chipping, they adjusted and only played a four-man front and then played a kind of a shell. And it worked because they were still being able to get pressure. And even though they weren't getting stacks, they only got one, and of course it was Randy Gregory, they were getting pressure. And pressures don't really come up in the stat sheet, but they come up in the stat sheet when Thielen and Jefferson aren't getting the passes that they're used to getting from Kirk Cousins because he's off his game. He's throwing off his back foot all night. I don't think I I barely ever saw Cousins stepping up in the pocket because he couldn't. He was 23 of 35 for 184 yards and one touchdown. And no, they didn't get, they didn't pick him off. They didn't turn him over, but that's okay. They didn't need to. They had him rattled, right? The amount of three and outs, the amount of, I think like one of 14, one of 13 on third down, it was unbelievable. These quarterbacks, Brown, Lewis, Curse, Donovan Wilson, even Hooker playing phenomenally, hitting. Cornerbacks laying lumber, Jordan, Lewis, Anthony Brown, just knocking these receivers down. Now, Trayvon Diggs had a shaky night, right? No pick, first first game of the season, no interception. He did give up the touchdown to Thielen. He just, he looked a little bit off. He looked a little bit mm, exposed, but I'm not worried about number seven. I'm only focusing on the good in this game which is the rest of that defense and that defensive line Basham getting pressures, Gregory getting pressures. Odigizua up the middle, getting pressure curse, making every play. Donovan Wilson is a straight baller, but there's one guy I need to highlight. It's that guy I've been talking about all season. That guy that I predicted the Dallas Cowboys were going to draft a week before the draft. And thank you, Philadelphia Eagles. Thank you, New York Giants. And thank you to everybody else that passed on him. And that's the one and only Micah Parsons. Number 11, linebacker for the Dallas Cowboys. Actually, no. Check that. Weapon for the Dallas Cowboys. Defensive end. Linebacker. Says he could play safety. I believe him. Says he could play wide receiver. I believe him. Says he could play running back. I believe him. He could do it all. He was all over the field on Sunday night. He had 11 tackles in this game, 10 solo tackles, and four tackles for loss. The way Micah Parsons can read a play and instinctually know where to be, where to go, 
how to fill a gap, wrap up. I mean, there was one point where there was a bubble screen to the sideline, and he had the awareness and the speed to run around the screen and the defend the other defender to tackle, I believe it was Ham, the tight end. Oh, no, sorry, it was Dalvin Cook. The speed to catch a guy like Dalvin Cook, it, it's just it's remarkable what Micah Parsons is doing. Only eight games into his NFL career. And everybody forgets he had the full year off, did not play football the year leading in because of COVID. He opted out. What he's doing is unbelievable. And doing it at defensive end, doing it at linebacker, roaming the field. I just, I, I absolutely love how this team is using him and how he's developing. Now, people were saying he was, you know, wasn't as much shown on tape, right? The the Patriots game and the game before. And some people were thinking maybe he was hitting that rookie wall, even though it was only six, seven games into the season. I don't know. I, I don't believe in that. He's he's such a freak athlete, but maybe he needed that bye week, right? To rejuvenate himself and and get shot out of a cannon. But Mike McCarthy in his press conference said this week leading into the Vikings game, it was the best week of practice Micah Parsons has had all season long. His preparation was unbelievable. He was locked in, locked and loaded. And I believe this is the hungry lion that the Dallas Cowboys are going to get here on out and every single week, hopefully leading into the Super Bowl from Micah Parsons. It is a pleasure to watch Micah Parsons play football as part of this Dallas Cowboys defense. Now back to the offense. <sighs> that last drive. The Cowboys lose this game 100 times out of 100 times. Heading back to 1997 from 1997 to 2020 in this exact game especially with the backup quarterback especially in the jason garrett era the dallas cowboys lose this game a hundred times out of a hundred i guess that's kind of why i didn't have many expectations leading in i did think they could run it check my twitter came best 22 you'll see what i tweeted that i did believe they could win this game if they did the right things control the clock which they did the time of possession run the ball, they kind of had some trouble there. I said, Zeke, do what you need to do to earn that money, to put the team on your back. He did not do it much in this game, but he did it when it was needed most. And this is that last drive. Cowboys are down 13 to 16. And you're saying to yourself, right, how nice would it be if Greg Zerline would have made that field goal earlier and we're only, you know, down or no they would have been they would have been tied 16 16 all they would have needed was the field goal to win it but they weren't right down 16 13 plenty of time shot play to mari cooper off breland's chest bobbling catch nope catch yes down those type of plays right there are the types of plays that happen in magical seasons say that again those type of plays are what happened to teams in magical seasons. And that's what this season seems to be. He, Mari Cooper makes that catch. Circus catch on the sideline. And right there, you're like, this could be happening. This could be happening. They're moving the ball. They're moving the ball. 
and then it's third down, third and 16. Now, in my mind, okay, overtime, right? We're playing for overtime. They're going to, they're going to give a, you know, maybe throw the ball, probably run it with Zeke up the middle, burn some clock, kick the field goal, hopefully play for overtime. But no, Mike Zimmer. Thank you, Mike Zimmer. Two timeouts in a row. Two timeouts in a row. This ain't college, bro. This is the NFL. You can't do that. They granted it to him, which means they have to enforce the penalty five yards. So the Cowboys go from third and 16 to third and 11. Okay. Still not easy. Back of a quarterback again. But that was the play of the year from Zeke. The way he got through those defenders and fought fought to get that first down and get down to the four-yard line right then and there. Cowboys are winning this game. They're going to find a way to win this game. And what do they do? Mari Cooper is on the sideline. Made that circus catch. Tamstrings bother him. Dude's been playing through injuries all season. He has a softball like this big rolling out that hamstring on the sideline. And all Cowboys fans are thinking, here we go again. Game on the line. Need a touchdown here. Mari Cooper's on the sideline hurt. Remember, Eagles game. Wasn't on the sideline for that last play when they had a chance to win it. But no, because this is a different Amari Cooper. This is the best Amari Cooper the Dallas Cowboys have seen since he's been here. And that says a lot because the first year he was in Dallas, he was he single-handedly brought them to the playoffs and turned around that team. But I believe everything he's been playing through and mentoring C.D. Lamb. This is the best Amari Cooper we've ever seen. Cooper jogs back out on the, on the field and says, this ain't happening again. I don't want to hear these critics. I don't want to hear this fan base talking about, I wasn't on the field when we needed most. God forbid they lost, even if they won. Call is double left. Play's going to Amari Cooper. <laughs> and C.D. Lamb, being C.D. Lamb, being that young bull. He's like, it's uh, double right, right? Coop says, no. Cooper Rush says, no, it's double left. Lamb goes to Amari. You want to give You want to give this one to me, old man? Amari Cooper goes, hell no. You run that inside route, young buck. And what does Amari do? Bang. Didn't beat him off the line well because that hamstring's hurt, but he just went up and got it. Both feet down, touchdown, Dallas Cowboys win. But there's still like 55 seconds here, right? We've seen this show before, Cowboys fans. But we've seen it against the likes of Aaron Rodgers, not Kirk Cousins. But then Trayvon Diggs goes down. Boss man fat, here we go. Rookie corner. First game playing in the NFL week eight because he's been hurt. He's out there. Oh, it was Jefferson's out there. Thielen's out there. That's all we need is a, is a bomb touchdown or a bomb with a personal foul, pass interference. That's, you know, how many personal fouls did the Cowboys see on that? The last drive the Vikings went down to hit the field goal, right? Basham with the roughing the passer really and then 94 
My guy, Randy Gregory, hit him on the sideline, but they said his progress was stopped. Personal foul. And then again, when he's pulling the guy off the pile, personal foul. I'm not going to say the refs tried to screw the Cowboys because I'm not like that, but they overcame. So that's all I that's all I was picturing in my head. 55 seconds left. Here we go. There's going to be – they're going to try. But no. They did it. And the Cowboys move to 6-1. and one. And this Vikings fan base, right? It's raucous crowd. They got <laughs> fuck out of here. Every time Amari Cooper caught the ball, it was Coop. It sounded like an AT&T in Arlington Dallas Cowboys home game. When Zeke got that first down at the end, down to the four yard line. To set up the game-winning touchdown, the roar from the crowd. You can't tell me this game wasn't in Dallas. But it wasn't. It was in Minnesota. But Cowboys fans showed up. Cowboys team showed up. Cowboys coaches showed up. Shout out to Kellen Moore, right? He didn't go into a shell and say, we're going to run the ball 100 times today because I don't want Cooper Rush to throw the ball. Cooper Rush threw the ball 40 times. Let the dude throw the ball. The weapons he has around him, I loved the game plan that Kellen Moore had, right? Cooper was 24 of 40, 325 yards, two touchdowns. He had that bad pick, and he did get sacked three three times and have that, that fumble on the sack, but he got rocked. Tony Pollard missed that assignment. Zeke would not miss that assignment, but still a young player. I'm so thankful that Kellen Moore put the game plan together the way he did. And that Cedric Wilson pass again was a dime. And I'm tweeting Cedric Wilson QB one. I'm sorry, Cooper. I apologize to you, my man. You did it. You did it. Now I have one last thing I need to talk about. Well, two, one, if you listen to this show, birds versus boys, BVP, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, iTunes, Spotify, we're everywhere. If you watch, if you listen, I've been saying for a couple weeks, when Lyle Collins comes back, I want seven offensive linemen on the field. Now, I thought Lyle Collins would be immediately right back at right tackle, and then Steele and McGovern would be in the backfield. But no, that's another story. But Steele got the start, right? So it's Steele, Martin, the Oddish, Connor Williams, Tyron Smith. And then we're in the pistol in the backfield. Bang, McGovern. Bang, Lyle Collins. We have seven offensive linemen on the field, the Hulk package. I actually tweeted this at the Hit Sticks guys, Kyle Yeomans. Barry Church, Isaiah Steinbeck. They answered the question last week, DallasCowboys.com. For me, I actually won a Madden. 2020 for my Xbox, no big deal. But then what happens? Game happens, boom, there it is. I love it, Kellen Moore. I need more of it, but I need more of it. But with Lyle Collins back on the line, okay? Terrence Steele's been playing great, right? Yeah, okay. But Tyron Smith goes out. We don't know how long he's going to be out, right? It was an ankle. He looked fuming on the sideline, but they put Ty and Sicky in. Ty and Sicky sucks. Okay. Ty and Sicky stinks. Ty and Sicky's 
not a good football player. You can't tell me both backup tackles, because that's what Terrence Steele is. He's a backup tackle. And Ty Nsicki are better than Lyle Collins. You can't. It's a lie. You're, you're lying to me. You're lying to yourself. And I see guys like Brian Broadus been like, the organization, the team, is they're really mad at Lyle Collins. They're mad at him? They're mad at you. Are we children here? Put the best fucking player on the field, okay? Put Lyle Collins on the field. Put him at left tackle, okay? If Tyron Smith cannot play. I swear, if we go into the Broncos game, and thank you, Von Miller's not going to be there. I wish the Cowboys would have given up a second and a third for Von Miller and only had to pay 700000 and have Von Miller and Randy Gregory and then Tang Lawrence come back and bash him. And that would have been fun. But anyway, at least the Cowboys don't have to face him. But if the Cowboys go into next week with Ty and Sicky starting at left tackle and Terrence Steele at right tackle and Lyle Collins is still on the bench, shoot me. We have, we have some issues to talk about. Steven, Jerry, Mike, Kellen, Philbin. We'll have something to talk about, okay? Because Tyan Sicky is not a starting left tackle in this league. Lyle Collins played tackle on the left side in college. Everybody says oh, what a pro he is. He can figure out how to play left tackle again, okay? Lyle Collins literally figuring out how to play a position is better than Ty and Sicky knowing how to play that position. Figure it out. Make up. Kiss and make up. Make up sex. Whatever you got to do. Make it happen. Um, all right. I promised that this would only be like 15 minutes. Of course, it's like 27 minutes because, well, you know what? The Cowboys are 6-1. and one. The Cowboys had a thrilling Sunday night victory against Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota. Now, they go back home to take on the Broncos. I will talk about that game and much more in this upcoming week's episode with Aiden. Birds vs. Boys comes out on Thursday. I'm not sure if we have a guest or not this weekend, but make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, um, Spotify, Apple, Twitter, Instagram. Great TikToks. We're huge on TikTok. So check it all out. Um, tell your friends. Tell your family. We are a podcast for everyone, all NFL fans, with the flair of the Philadelphia Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys. But huge, huge win, right? Most of the Cowboys nation went into this game kind of giving up an L here, right? Going five and two or so. No, six and one. Keep the train on the tracks and keep rolling, rolling, rolling. All the way to L.A. Not saying anything about the Super Bowl yet, even though I just did. Want to know this week? It's time to focus on the Broncos. Enjoy the good win. Try and fix some of the bad. We're 6-1, and one, Cowboys Nation. Enjoy every second of this. Tweeted this as well a couple weeks ago. And this is what I'm going to leave you. We need to enjoy every single second every single second of this team because this team is special. I will give you my thoughts on if I think Dak Prescott's going to play or Cooper Rush will start this week. But thank you, Cooper Rush. Thank you, Mr. Rush. Thank you, Mrs. Rush. Thank you, Cooper's wife. It was a pleasure watching you guys in Minnesota. We were all you last night. Freaking out. But he did it. You proved everyone wrong. 
Cooper Rush. Congratulations to you. Thank you. And let's move on to Denver. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Birds vs. Boys, full episode will drop this Thursday. Looking forward to week nine. I can't believe it's already week nine in the NFL season. Chris Hansen here, and I'm going to need you all to take a seat right over there and check out Birds vs. Boys. I think you're completely right here, and I hate it. Yes. Stop doing dumb things. I got two phones. Upside alert. Upside alert. I might go insane. I think you're already there. There's no hope. Hope Studio. is gone. If this was an AFC North podcast, we'd be done in 15 minutes. Bob Hope. I'm going to drink bleach. That is the team you promised me you were going to be this year. This is the Consciously Hopeful podcast. I'll be watching.